Welcome to the Skeptic Wire. Third, 2011, and this is the Skeptic Wire. It is the Skeptic Wire. Yay! I'm David Harcourt, joined by Gary Long, Greg Hola. Klein, and Donna Swafford. Oh, look at oh, him! Look at them go through that. Someone likes to think that we're not going to say hello. Well, don't you can say hello. Don't hello. worry. The Jehovah's Witnesses have informed me with a pamphlet on my door saying that all suffering is soon to end, so it'll all be okay. Excellent. That means the response will be over. Thank <laughs> They didn't say when, it just said soon. <laughs> soon. Oh, well, that's like such a, a cop-out. Yeah. Wimpy Jehovah's <laughs> Witnesses. Yeah. In our lifetime, maybe? Soon. Um, now, first thing... Geologically we'll, soon. <laughs> there we go. First thing we want to talk about, we want to give a shout-out to Justin Griffith. Yay! Uh, Yay! Shout! It, uh, probably a lot of you have been following this, but it looks like the um, Rock Beyond Belief... At Fort Bragg is on. Yay. It's going to be full support. March 31st, 2012. March 31st, 2012. Um, Richard Dawkins is going to be there. A lot of people, he's, 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 and he's offering some surprises. There's some mysteries still right. on who's going to be there and what's going to be. It, it's going to be great. I can't wait to see how that turns out. I just hope it's just packed with people. Yeah. And uh, everyone comes it is, out. So. Uh, uh, they do specifically say that it's going to be the public is invited and it's free free of charge. So, you know, hey, it's an alternative to going to TAM. And if you haven't followed this story, there was a uh, a rock, what was it called? I don't remember. Rock the Fort. Rock the Fort. Yeah, that's what it was. Rock the Fort, which was a religious uh, program. And they said, "Well, it's it's that's okay because we'd let anybody to do that." And uh, Justin Griffith said, "Okay, let's do an atheist one." And, and it's been a, a long struggle. And it was on, and then it was off, and uh, they weren't getting the support they needed. And now it looks like there's been a tipping point. Everything's agreed to, and it's on. Yep. So and that's, congratulations, that's Justin great. Griffith. Wait, yep. a tipping Way point. Way to go. Yeah. No, that was last week, Gary. <laughs> um. <laughs> Now, there's a science thing, a little science uh, article, and there's a little local connection, too, and that is the Juno launch, correct? Right. Uh, this Friday, August 5th, um, the United Launch Alliance will be launching a Atlas V lo- uh, rocket with the Juno mission on top of it. It's a billion-dollar mission to go to Jupiter again and basically send even better science instruments than we have Previously, it's going to take about five years to get to Jupiter, and um, it's going to enter a polar orbit. And they they say in the article that it's going to orbit 33 times, but they didn't really say what's going to happen after that. They're going to crash it into Jupiter. Okay, I wasn't sure, because sometimes they just crash it. Sometimes they say, well, let's just keep it going like the Spirit and Opportunity rovers on Mars. And Cassini's been going for, what, at least a yeah, year or two. Yeah, they can't. They yeah. can't do that. Gary and I went to a lecture on one of those instruments on that ship is made here locally by Southwest Research Institute. And Can we got run. to hear a lecture by, um, I think, the project head of that instrument. And he showed us how that thing would go up. And, and, and it has to be right around, around the polar because of the magnetic fields and everything, or else be right. eaten up by the magnetic fields. The article fields. did mention a lot of shielded equipment, but not you know, yeah. beyond that. Yeah. 
It won't won't last very long because yeah. it's very powerful. Yeah, there's Jupiter a very is. narrow window um, where it can go around without getting totally destroyed by the magnetic field, and it can't do that forever. Um, so it's not going to be a long-lasting mission, but it's which is great information because there's so many good instruments on there. Uh, <coughs> that's cool. going to be really nice. Um, so anything cool. else? Good science. Yep. Excellent. So if you're near Cape Canaveral, maybe go out for this launch. And yeah. you said five years. Five years, right? About, it'll take about five years to get out there to Jupiter. Okay. So. so we'll have to wait. So 2016, uh, we'll, we'll let you know on our epi- <laughs> you know, episode. 500th episode. Silly. 333 <laughs> of our podcast or whatever. What that means about the same time that the probe gets to Jupiter. Uh, uh, yeah. Once it gets to that one, uh, Juno gets to Jupiter, the probe going to Pluto should be arriving as well. Oh, neat. Right. The New Horizons. Yeah, yeah, that's five. You're right. That's no, five. But five so that's like four or five years out as well. Yeah. Oh, okay. So they're gonna have a bang up year as long as they keep their funding. You know, you'd <clears> think <throat> for like publicity's sake, they'd think to you know space these things out a bit. But I guess with the orbits the way they are, they kind of have to go when they can. And the budgets the way they are, they have to go. When they can. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, that's why media people are not in charge of NASA. So that's good. Okay. So speaking of media. <laughs> what? Come on, that's a good transition. It's is all it? over the media. Is it? You sh- it is. I'm sure it everyone's heard Texas. about this. Um, I'm sure everyone has heard about this, and we're going to talk about the response, Boo. which is Rick Perry's big prayer and fasting event. They've got your response. That right is here. this Saturday, August sixth, at Reliance Stadium in Houston. Now, would you necessarily call it Rick Perry's big one or the AFA's big one? Fellow well, Americans, right now, <laughs> blah, 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 sincerely, Rick Perry, governor. Yeah, it's Rick Perry. On the Perry's. front page. It's a little from column A, it's a little from column, column B. B. Now, yeah. he says it's not about him, but I think it sure seems to be a lot better. There's him. so much talk of he's going to do this, and then he's going to announce for president. Right. Well, well, it's according to the, the leadership on the ResponseUSA.com, Governor Rick Perry, number one, initiator of the response. This is definitely Rick Perry's baby. Okay. Yeah, and we know it's Perry's because this uh, New York Times headline says, Judge dismisses atheists' suit against Texas governor's prayer rally. So um, there was a suit by the... Um, Freedom from Religion Foundation. Freedom from Religion Foundation, who tried to get this stopped, that it was too much mixing of, of religion and government. Um, that Wait, suit think. has been dismissed due to a lack of standing. <laughs> and it's I don't know I don't know again that's it would have been interesting to see that go in, fr- in front of a judge you know on its merits don't know what how that would have ended up it, would, it would have been a big battle tough it's battle it's one of those lawsuits that you think is this going to lead to some bad precedent though you, you know is it going to allow more religion because unfortunately first, first amendment violation yeah because they in the non-standing uh, decision, the judge specifically mentioned, well, the um, you know the national call for prayer that the president does, that's not a problem, so this isn't a problem. Yeah, yeah. So this that the previous lawsuit about the national day of prayer, which other people were saying might be a kind of bad precedent-setting thing, led to this being a bad precedent as well. Right. Well, now the national day of prayer is a truly a non-denominational call to prayer, which is a Okay, he shouldn't be calling the prayer anyway because he's the leader of the country, not the leader of the religion right. of the country, which we don't have. 
but Rick Perry said, oh, this is a non-denominational event. As long as you're Christian, um, please Evangelical Christian. And, and pray to Jesus. Uh, uh, Muslims and Jews and Buddhists and uh, Pastafarians need not apply. And certainly, certainly not the Muslims. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah, you don't want to do that. <laughs> Uh, and the the Christian right is saying, well, what's the problem? You know, they can do whatever. They, you know, the Muslims are welcome to call to pray. But if a governor of a state that was Muslim invited all fifty governors of the United States to For come a and Muslim do prayer yeah, event? five days of uh, or, or you know to pray five times in a stadium, I don't think they would be as open minded. As you are with <laughs> this um, evangelical prayer to uh, Jesus. Yeah. The, unfortunately, the judge in that lawsuit rejected it on the, the grounds that, well, you're not being forced to go to this prayer session, and unfortunately, that's not the point, and nobody got to argue that. Right. They're being coerced because the governor right. is saying, and if you look at the people who are going. They're all of the same type of people, uh, and when I when I say type, I mean they're all uh, fundamental evangelical. Uh, uh, what's what's the word? Um, new Apostolic Reformation charismatic evangelist. Yeah, good. preacher guys. Whatever. They're kind of the nutcases of the nutcases because it seems that other evangelicals have a problem with them. So. <laughs> Well, it's it's certainly. I mean, it's non-divisive unless you realize that everyone hates each other. <laughs> well, you know, everybody's form of Christianity is right. Everybody else's is incorrect. Incorrect. Yes, yeah, slightly it's, misguided. It's, tur- it's turned into the no true Scotsman thing, where you know these other people they're just not the right kind of Christian. Right. And there are a whole big list of wacky Christians involved in this. Maybe we should. Talk about some of the people involved. Yeah, let's um, let's talk about some of these. Um, first of all, the big one, the American Family Association, um, led by Don Wildman. I'm sorry, it's currently run by his son, Tim Wildman. It was founded by Don Wildman. This organization, um, you probably know about it from being just virulently anti-gay, anti-abortion, Tell me that isn't so. As opposed to all those other evangelicals out there. They're the ones that have called for boycotts against companies like Home Depot, Walden Books, Kmart, and others for having gay-friendly policies. Really? Um, I think they're the ones that, yeah, they have a list of godly organizations that you should be able to go to and such and such. Um, Oh, so that that list that I used to know where not to shop? Yeah. Now, recently, Don Wildman's said that liberals hate Christians. And he said some other pretty wild and crazy things. He blamed the Holocaust on gays um, and so on. So the American Family Association is pretty much out there, bigoted organization, and they are the lead sponsors, correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I was looking into that. They're considered a hate group by... By Southern, Southern Poverty Law Center. Yeah, right. Okay. But that's, Morris I'm not certain who else tracks hate groups. But like, that's the <laughs> only one who says they're a hate group. Right. Now, granted, they have a standing in showing that they're against all gays and the gay rights. And so that does kind of make them 
uh, a not very nice group at all. And non-Christians and immigrants. They're they're kind they're, of an they're equal everybody. opportunity yeah. hater. They're yeah. kind of this shy of Westboro. But of. yeah, but I'm wondering if they're as I mean they they group them in with the KKK and then you know the National uh, Nazi Party and all that. And I'm wondering if that is really the should be the case. Well, a lot of these people are the kind of people, not just the kind of people, but were the people going to Uganda promoting the "Let's kill uh, all the gays." gays. Bills. Okay, now that would make well, them we a can't, hateful we group. We can't. I can't. I don't think we can pin that on the American Family Association. I'm not saying the association. I'm okay. saying a lot of the people who are named as part of this event and right. also are no, part of the right. American not Family the, Institute. Not the, right. So that kind of stuff that is not <clears> getting <throat> shouted down. Yeah. Reflects very badly on this as an organization. Okay. That's that's. I'm not making any accusations. I'm just saying there are a lot of bad people in this organization. They've called for the forced conversion of non-Christians. Yeah, the, they're the kind of people who say, you know, we should ban mosque building everywhere. We should, you know, like you said, force yes. con- conversions. It's a throw, lot of the throw homosexuals in jail. Yeah, aren't they yeah. the, the uh, Wildman's the one that said that um, our constitution gives freedom of religion to Christians. And only, only Christians. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which, pretty... which is why they think a Christian-only prayer group is perfectly fine. Yeah. That's perfectly non-denominational. Yeah. Yeah, we're just playing Randy Jesus. Because the interesting thing is they're, they're not exactly inviting the Catholics or the Mormons who are followers of Christ. <laughs> That's true, but they're not true Christians. Yeah, exactly. They're not in their, in the, their eyes. You know, the Presbyterians, <laughs> probably, you know, maybe some Baptists, but you know, it's mostly very ultra Pentecostal. If yeah. I said that right, I think you could probably just say Pentecostal, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, I didn't know if I pronounced it right. Ah, you can cut that. Okay. So, um, <laughs> cut it all out. Byron Fisher, who is also associated with the American Brian Family Association. Fisher. Brian. Brian Fisher. Sorry. Um, now he wait, wait, said, wait, 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 hold on, wait, wait, wait. You say Brian? I said Brian. Brian, Brian. Fisher. What I did I say? Byron? In the five he said Byron. Oh, he said Byron. I was just thinking Life of Brian. Mowage. Brian. Brian Fisher. Brian Fisher said that Muslim countries that refuse to convert to Christianity should be bombed, blame the Holocaust on the gays. And is yeah he we talked he about this. He promotes basically the book Pink Swastikas. And and um, he doesn't like right. that um, U.S. soldiers that are saving lives are getting medals. He thinks the only people who should get medals are the ones who are killing killing people and taking more lives. Like kind of like a video game counter that the more you get, that means you know you get an extra life and a medal. Yeah. Well, he has come out with wow. some really wackadoodle things, and yet. The AFA, on a pretty regular basis, has to go, he doesn't speak for us. Even though he uh, speaks on a daily basis on the American Family Radio. Right. He speaks for them, but not Not really speaks for them. Now, he's the one, I saw a video of him, where he was saying that Hitler couldn't find anybody vicious enough, you know, to to carry out his orders. But he found out that gays had no compunction of the most vicious people. Is he the kind of person who thinks Hitler was gay as well? Well, no, it was... He was his, only half gay because he had one ball. His assumption, the, the, the statement that he made is based <laughs> on the work in the book Pink Swastikas, which is written by another guy. I, I do not have his name off the top of my head. Basically, he was the one who said, you know, yeah, it was the gays who were 
And he basically pulled it verbatim, word for word, from the book Pink Swastikas. And that was fiction. So not only is it nutbag, he's a... Um, it would be fiction to us. Okay. stealing other people's work. <laughs> Who wants to talk about the local guy, John Hagee? John Hagee. Well, he's your typical... He's he's a San Antonio-based uh, guy. Mega church leader. Mega church guy. Um, he blames natural disasters on the gay community. Um, God sent Hurricane Katrina to stop the gay pride parade, that kind of stuff. But most people Didn't probably... He- also do the one about Haiti. Was he the one who said the reason that Haiti got hit by the, the hurricane was because they had a pact with the devil? No, no, no. That's, that's was that Brian Fisher? No, that's Pat Robertson. They kind of blur they together. They all sound together and yeah. it all runs together. <laughs> well, he's, he's the kind of guy who he called the Catholic Church the Whore of Babylon. He supported, he say that we should bomb Iran so we can start the apocalypse. And that Hitler was part of God's plan to drive the Jewish people to Israel, yeah. that kind of stuff. But I think most people, most listeners, would remember him as he was the priest, uh, the preacher who endorsed John McCain, and then John McCain had to disavow that endorsement during the '08 campaign because this guy was too much of a fundagelical nutbag. Yeah. He said some weird. His things. big thing, and I don't remember what you call it, is, is support for Israel. So. Basically, yeah. you go to his church, and it's Christians for Israel. Yeah, we, we, had, we had discussed this yeah. a couple of months ago when a pro-Palestinian group went in and threw down leaflets and got kicked out of the church. Right. Um, Which was yes. not a good form thing to I, do. I, I think it was fine. I thought it was <laughs> funny. I didn't on. think it was a good idea. Um, <laughs> Donnie, you want to talk about David Barton? Because I know you've... David Barton David is Barton. one of our... I mean, he's a Texas... Dope... <laughs> Jesus Christ! No, I think I don't know if he's a supporter or a well, sponsor. Or he, is, he has been a, a a frequently cited by the Texas State Board of Education. Um, many people have said, you know, he is the smartest man in the world that we should really listen to him. He's David a, Barton. Yes, there are several people who have said, you know, it's Glenn Beck. Oh, okay, yeah. When you say several people... Well, there have been others, but they're all Glenn Beck. You sure they weren't yeah. talking well, John about McCain, another John McCain David? sings his praises. Um, um, but he is a historical Bachman, revisionist. Yeah. He's Very a historical so. revisionist. He has wall builders. He's the founder? <laughs> well, yeah. Okay, well, why don't you go on okay. then, Dave? He's pretty famous for having gone on The Daily Show, and uh, John Stewart kind of probably wasn't entirely prepared for him. And it wasn't a softball interview, but he, you know, he got the Gallish Gip of all the stuff that David Parton throws out. Gish Gallop. Gish Gallop? What did I say? Gallish Gip. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you playing the drinking game at home. Yeah, I screwed up. Take a drink. Okay, so but he's David, an intellectual. David Parton is, no, he's not an intellectual. No, I'm saying he, he has the intellectual foundations for the revisionist, right. the he, right-wing he Christian has, revisionist he, history. He promotes... That the United States was founded as a Christian nation. Yes. That is his. That's his big, big promotion. Yes. And there's no. And he's way. listened to by. By, Michelle Bachman, Rick Perry, lots of people who are seeking higher political office. Now we're going to go from crazy to crazy, really crazy. See Peter. Kind of the grandfather of crazy, or the see, godfather of crazy yeah, for all these see people. See Peter Wagner, and if you haven't heard of him. He's a leader 
Uh, I the, haven't heard of him. Who is he? <laughs> he's a very behind-the-scenes kind of guy. It seems like everybody from um, uh, Rick Warren, the Purpose Driven Life, to a lot of these other people, he's kind of been their mentor. He is the leader of the their new crazy uncle. <laughs> apostolic reformation movement. And you've heard of the Seven Mountain Strategy, where it's for Christians to get dominion over... Over land and sea, government, animal, and education. Family. Go ahead. You have it yeah. there. Family, religion, which I don't know. They're already in religion. But anyway, sorry. Start that over. Yeah, start over. Family. <laughs> no more commentary from Kirk. Family, religion, arts and entertainment, media, government, education, and business. So Military's not in there? Um... Maybe that's part of government, but yeah. you would th- yeah okay. you would think that might fall under religion because they say arts and entertainment and, and and then media is a separate thing. So you'd think arts entertainment media is one thing. So well no because media would be different. Arts and entertainment would be movies and yeah. radio, and then and media is Fox news. news. Yes, yeah. Okay. Right. So now, but I get Dave's point that you would think that they would put the military in there because they're very big on prostitution. Maybe they don't want to scare people. <laughs> well, they well, call themselves the Army of God. How much more scary can you get? Well, I, I, the, there's the, the military right yeah. there. <laughs> God, this is a growing movement, and it's especially frightening that there's so many high-profile people right now, and especially that this guy has had such a hand in this movement, has such had such a hand in getting Rick Perry when he runs, I mean, to consider running for president, because they came to him. And basically what this organization, among other things, they have, there's maybe some of this you've heard of before, but they're all into like demons and witches, and, and they do this spiritual mapping where they take a city, they'll map out all the like gay bars, porn shops, you know, sex toys, any environmental. <laughs> all the good places. All the, all the places that are demon possessed. All the places we'd be out. hanging out to. <laughs> and they pray over these places and they confront the owners and things like that. They also do things like write prayers on stakes and drive the stakes into the ground yeah. and like make sure that they cover every county or something yeah. weird stuff like that. And the first time I heard of these guys is when that video came out of Sarah Palin when she was getting the witches prayed out of her. Remember right, that? The, it was like a in her Wasilla African church. priest. Yeah. yeah, that's part of this movement. She's very into this movement. They have prayer warriors. They have different levels of prayer warrior. And they're into prophecy as well. So a lot of the leaders consider themselves modern-day prophets. With a and direct these, line to mo- God and all with that. With a direct line to God. And these modern-day prophets are the ones that came to Rick Perry and said, God has told us that you're God's man. And you wonder where the, the ideas from the New World Order and the, the, <laughs> the creepy people behind the scenes come from. These this, these apparently are, they definitely want to be that group of people. It I mean, sounds conspiratorial, kind of like, doesn't well, it? Well, because you think about C Street and the, and the family yeah. and all that stuff. I mean, this is effectively the same the same group, is it not? Yeah. It, it's, it's I don't very, know. I don't it's see, on the side of it. I've the, seen some names that aren't like Brownbeck, Sam Brownbeck, is a, and that's probably why he's coming to Rick Barry's thing, as he's part of this movement as well. Maybe the only governor, but... He's, I remember he was involved in the C Street as well. So I don't know how much overlap there is. It, but it's definitely the same kind of flavor of you know, divinely we, chosen leaders. Yes. Because called they're in by power. God. Yes. Yeah, because they're power in power, they were called by God so that they should stay in power. Right. It may not be the same organization, as you said, Gary, but... It's the same idea. It's the same idea. 
that wasn't that it, kind of one of the things that we came to you know United States about that whole divine <laughs> power and single monarch thing and uh, but it also you know they they say that they're called by God and God wants you to do this it always just calls to mind you know thou shalt not use thy Lord's name in vain yeah no kidding which well, doesn't mean don't cuss right. It means not to say that God wants you to do something using God's name to make someone do something. Right. Using his name in vain. Yeah. Now, get a load of this. This is from the Texas Observer. Uh, it's called Repair's Army of God. And it talks about a meeting that um, uh, Texas pastors Tom... Schuster, Schluter of Arlington. <laughs> this is very small print. Schluter. And Bob Long of San Marcos. They went to the governor's office, and they are um, blessed, supposedly, with the gifts of Old Testament prophets and New Testament apostles. They went to his office, proclaimed Texas the prophet state, anointed by God to lead the United States into revival in a godly government. And they prayed with Rick Perry. That told day, him he had a special role. Had a special role in this. If you've listened to the way he's talked ever since then, he talks about being called to do this, about this being his ministry. I've never right. seen anything like this. He, he uses, uh, Rick Perry has really started to use a lot of code words that, mm -hmm. you know. That Palin was using. Like Palin was using during the campaign. But barely disguised. <laughs> yeah. I mean. But things like where you think, well, that's an odd turn of phrase for your average person who may not have read everything, but maybe if, you know, he, he seems to be starting to quote the book of Joel a lot, um, yeah. which yeah. fortunately Gary has open to. The book of Joel. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Something um, like, like chapter 16 or something, or 18 or... Well, uh, there's yeah. not that many. There's there's three there's three chapters. Oh, okay. In in the book of Joel, basically, uh, the book of Joel is one of the earliest prophets of Judah, and... Um, there's two two events that they're compared in uh, Joel's prophecy, and that's they were having a plague of locusts, and Judah was comparing that with the uh, coming uh, day of the Lord. Joel is um, big on prophecy of repentance and on personal on the personal and national scale, and the whole purpose of his prophecy, Joel's prophecy, is to turn the nation back to God in preparation for. The great day of the Lord, the end times, which is his theme. So he says, when Perry says, as it says in Joel, he's talking about the end times and the coming of the Lord, and and he's able to tie that in with a lot of well, we've got a really really bad drought in Texas. Yeah, that's a natural disaster, just like in Joel. Well, so it yeah. kind of gets all their you know tinglings yeah. going about. Yeah, oh, he's, he's talking about the Bible. All this bad stuff. Yeah, he, he feels that we've fallen out of favor with God. And so the only way to get back is to pray. So we're not really well, helping. Well, to pray. Him. Pray and fast. <laughs> and to prepare for uh, Jesus' coming by taking over the government, yeah. the media, yeah. and all those other areas which need to be done Education. before Jesus will come. Education. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have strayed a bit from Wagner. Do we want to get back onto him? And we, just uh, his crazy, you know, army of God, apostles. So there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot more. There's a lot of that shit crazy going on. We can't get through the list. If yeah, because when we started researching on this, you know, we, we kind of chose people. And I, I chose, like, Dobson and some other person. And it all just started running together. It was all basically the same thing. They all said crazy things. They all kind of 
believe they, the same stuff. They all had the same beliefs. They all were saying crazy things, you know, with a slightly different local flavor. You're right. Yeah. What I think what it stresses is if you've heard about this in the media, get this, this person said this, this person said this, it's just kind of random. Yeah. But if you really want to understand what's going on, check out the new Apostolic Reformation. You can get really good information on them from Right Wing Watch and Talk to Action. Okay? And then an excellent article is from the Texas Observer, Rick Perry's Army of God. Because eight of the leadership team of this event is from the new Apostolic. I can never say that. Apostolic Reformation Movement. So and, it is not a random And they were all tasked thing. with bringing people from their different states, and they held their jobs, but they're all kind of from the same same cut of the same tree. They're, they're all the same organization. Now, I found it very interesting, speaking of bringing people in and doing that. Uh, so I'm on the website, and, and you go through the FAQ. Uh, the, the FAQ, the frequently asked questions. I think they get it. Okay. Yeah. We're, supposedly we're uh, all media, uh, internet savvy. Um, yeah, so it says, you know, how, how, who's going, blah, blah, blah. Sorry, it doesn't say that. It says, uh, why is the response happening? What does the response believe? Interesting stuff. And it says, who else will be there? And it says, well, click on this. Rick, Rick Perry has invited all U.S. governors, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> See people who support the response. Not see people who will be there, but see people who support Martin. You click on that, and it says, page not found. Ooh. Who is actually going to be there? They don't have any list. They have a list yeah. of people who are supporting it, and a list yeah. of people behind it, but no one who is going yeah. to actually be speaking. You know what? They And, and Right Wing Watch showed a picture of the front page of the website, and you know have the, the other links across the top? Yeah. And one of the links was endorsers. Yeah. That right. link disappeared. <laughs> right. They now call it leadership in honorary co-chairs. And what's it is funny what you just read. Who will be there? Rick Perry has invited all U.S. governors. I think only one has accepted. <laughs> yeah, what, from uh, Beck. Well, yeah, from Mrs. And now he's waiting because they won't even answer if he's going. So it's funny. They said, well, he they invited all the governors, but they're not going to be there. And in fact, no one's none of the no government official is going to be there. Besides Rick Perry. Uh, well, Robert, certainly not not an official capacity. Yeah. And as well, they, they shouldn't say that, that they're going. They should just show up if they're going to do it. Which yeah. is perfectly fine for a regular church service. If people want to go pray, pray fine. But the problem, which I think is the, the point the ACL, ACLU had at the beginning when, when we're talking about that, that the FFRF didn't focus on, was that Rick Perry has been using his letterhead, his robocalls, his position as governor to call for this, and that's where the problem is. And it seems like everybody else is getting that point that they shouldn't do it as an official thing. And I, well, I listened to the FFRF's podcast today, and they they talked about it. And in fact, that that Free Thought Radio, Free Thought Radio. Thank you. Yes, we, we should promote. I apologize. Um, that's okay. The FFRF's. Uh, lawsuit did address that, but the problem that they were doing is they were trying to stop him from attending, uh, which was. But they did address the fact that it was on letterhead and it shouldn't have been. And because of that, that's why they were trying to stop him because he had already endorsed and, and promoted this. It does sound like the ACLU might still do a separate lawsuit just on the blurring of church and state and the endorsing and using the letterhead and doing the robocalls and calling yeah. as governor. And that's good. That should keep going. Go yeah, ahead. they're the one that filed the Freedom of Information Act to get all that information. Yeah. Okay. So, according to the Washington Independent, Sam Brownbeck appears to be skipping out yeah. 
but Arizona Governor Jan Brewer and Wisconsin Governor Scott Walker are sending aides. They are sending people okay. to They're attend this. They're aides? I wish, but oh no, God. we're not that fortunate. I almost spit my water all over my and microphone. And Florida Governor Rick Scott has videotaped several messages that will be played. So there is, yeah. while they're saying, yeah. you know, no other governors are attending. Right, but they're, they're, you'll notice that they're from Arizona and Wisconsin, uh, the places where we're hearing all the batshit crazy stuff happening in. I'm just. Yeah. I think um, the silver lining in this whole thing is that this is, I think, going to be a massive failure. Well, the last I heard, um, which was about three days ago, there were only 6,000 people signed up to go. Yeah. Now, one of those people is actually me. And one of them is me. And the reason why <laughs> is because on the front page it says, free registration required. Yeah. I wanted to get to all the secret stuff. Yeah. There is no secret stuff. You couldn't find out who was going, so I registered. and I, I, I'll, I, I hope to be there. I'll, I'll find out. Okay. I won't know until Saturday. Well, I can't. So even if the event goes on as planned and, you know, maybe the stadium is mostly filled, it's fine. I hope you know, it sucks, but I think on another level, it's also going to backfire mm-hmm. against Rick Perry if he actually does pledge to, um, you know, run for president. I know the sentence came out weird. I apologize. Yeah. But I, th- I think a lot of moderates who may agree with him on fiscal issues are going to say, Hold on a second. You're associated with these kind of people. This is what you really believe. It might get them through a primary, maybe. or two, or yeah. two. Yeah. But I think the, I, I think that in the general public election, with the independents yeah. and and Democrats, it's not going to fly, even for <clears throat> mainstream Christians. Yeah. yeah, we can hope. Yeah, because this is the first time I think that it has been brought up before the election that this stuff was happening. Um, yeah, so we, we, like as you say, we can we can hope that this actually. Happens. And then another thing is this new apostolic uh, reformation movement is finally getting some major media attention. I know I've kind of been following them on Talk to Action for the last couple of years, but it's been under and, the radar, and no one has none of the major media has picked it up at all. And now at least Rachel Maddow's picked it up, mm-hmm. and it's you're starting to see these like the Texas Observer articles starting to pay attention to this movement, because a lot of people I think this is just too crazy. Or, you know, it can't be true. Yeah, they just dismiss it because they think it's too weird. Yeah. yeah. But it's people actually believe this. So yeah, they probably would have been done a lot better by staying under the, the radar. And I'm not telling you to do that. I hope you guys, please, stay out in the open so we know where you're at. We want to know where the crazy is. And a couple of us, hopefully, will actually get to see the crazy because... Um, you two or be three of, right next to it. Yeah, two yeah. or three of us. I don't know if, what I want to do. I don't know if I want to go in and watch and, and try to interview people on the street. Do I want to go hold a sign in the street? I haven't decided what I want to do. I, but I, we're going to try to go. If you're there, you should just go in. Maybe we can split up. Yeah. One of us goes in, we, one, one of us goes outside. One of us needs to tweet from inside but at just, least. But just, just know that you probably won't be able to bring anything in, so you're going to have to yeah. pay $12 for like a, a quarter of a, a liter of water. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, it's going to be interesting. We'll, yeah. we'll talk about this again. Yeah, <laughs> I know, so I'm the pretty next sure we we'll, will. A couple of us are going to go, and we'll report on that. We'll see if we can get some little crowd interviews or something. Maybe maybe get a picture with all of us with the Westboro Baptist Church, because oh. apparently they're going to be there, yeah. and they're yeah. going to be protesting on it. our side protesting. Yeah. Ish. Ish, yeah. <laughs> they're, okay. they're protesting because they're wrong kind of Christians, but yeah. we'll see what happens, and we'll report next week. 
Excellent. So let's move on to something a little bit more fun. Woo-hoo! We have two UFO stories this week. Yay! <laughs> now, one was in Fort Worth, Texas, right, Greg? Yes. Um, uh, on July 26th at 5.40 a.m., uh, viewers who were watching, um, I think, KXAS, yep. uh, they were they were basically had a shot of a traffic camera on the screen. That's great, because you never get it where everybody sees it at once. What did they see? Well... What, there's a video up on YouTube that you can go find. Uh, we'll post it on the blog that um, basically shows some thing coming in from the top left of the screen, flying down a little bit, and then kind of puffing and going off at a s- angle. Maybe right, but it looks like it's a 45 degree angle. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a white object comes in, fades. A yes. little bit, right. as if it goes it behind time. something, right. and then uh, goes up on the upper right. What's cool about this is that it is a news camera, so it's not somebody out there photoshopping something, right? But it is a traffic camera, which are just very grainy and blurry. So it has well, it was, that going. Yeah, it was, yeah, <laughs> it was way back there. You can see the there, city. There's a, there's and a great. It, there's a light. There's so a great going distance. Down and zipping up. Yeah. There's a great distance between. The camera and the object, in addition, yeah. the camera is designed for traffic. Right. And it's but, specifically pointed this right. pointed at the traffic, but not necessarily it towards may not, the horizon. Right. But it does allow us to rule some things out. Right. It's not a show to Photoshop thing. Yes, yes. It's, at least. We hope. It's a video effect of some kind. It was kind. a live shot. People yeah. saw it. Yeah. So what? What did it look so, like? So I mean, it basically looked like a small white dot, whatever it was. Now oh, you know, it, it could have been something really close. It could have possibly been a bug, possibly. Except that those cameras don't have light. I don't. I can't see the bug it's, thing. It's, it went I'm very fast down. The very fast down. Um, no, I cannot no, see bug. No, because oftentimes these cameras are on the big giant lights. Up at, at the top of... Uh, They're on uh, Gee, I can't see lights. this camera having Gee, a light. If you would think that y'all would ask the somebody who actually works with cameras. Okay, Donna, this. does this camera have a light? No, it doesn't. Yeah, it, I, is, it operates purely on ambient light. So it is not light reflecting but off a bug. But it might be no, attached not necessarily. To... It could very well be a light reflecting off a bug. If this is a high-rise building and the camera is up near the top... Underneath, or it's uh, mounted on a don't light. Don't they pole. mount it somewhere where there's no light, though? So it was not going to be interfered with. Not no. necessarily. As long as the light is behind it, it doesn't matter for traffic purposes. Yeah. It can have a shield. I think that shields it from yeah. ambient light coming from behind. So if it's on the side of a building and at the top of the building, there's any kind of light source, say uh, a neon sign flashing. Hmm. Uh, it could possibly you can get a reflection reflected light coming yeah. back into it. Did not look like a bug to me. I, well, I, I agree with another that. theory. Uh, <laughs> another hypothesis was that it was. I don't. I don't know why. Maybe it's just the author is not particularly educated. But the, the they would list two separate hypotheses of what it was. One was shooting star. The other one was a meteor. <laughs> They're kind of both the same yeah. thing, really. Now, one so. of the things I thought, of course, it's not one meteor. It's not a meteor. People are saying it's not a meteor because it goes down and then and it then goes up, up at a 45-degree angle. But I was thinking, first of all, maybe that's two meteors. Maybe there's a meteor shower. They would be coming in at the same angle, though. Yeah. Um, there was some some talk not on necessarily. this. Not necessarily. Meteors aren't all coming in at the same uh, angle. Pretty, a meteor shower. In a meteor pretty shower. much, but... They, they, were, they all there tend some, to go from like the east yeah, to the west. Yeah, because we're going through the cloud of 
there was some comments that it might have been something that came down and then just kind of because it was coming down so hard fast it, it blew up and kind of like sprayed out but no I think Gary had the best hypothesis that I saw um, leprechauns it, it, yes okay. uh, except it's not green even though it is a color thing um, no it, it looked like a searchlight Hit, uh, hitting clouds and then yeah. going behind the cloud or something, yeah. or even a smudge on the camera, and that's that's the whole thing because it, it, when you watch this, you can see a bright light. It gets dimmer as it goes behind what looks like an artifact on the camera. Uh, you might call it a cloud or or vapor or something. Or it could be a smudge on the lens of the camera, or, or any number of things. And so you see it get dim, and then come back out and get brighter again. Yeah. Uh, but since you have no sense of reference for how far it's going, how high up it is, um, because it never intersects with the ground, so it, uh, you know you don't know if it's way off on the horizon, like really in the sky, or whether it's just kind of close and very small, which mm-hmm. is why the I know you don't you don't like the bug, but it kind of looks like it might be the arc of a uh, of a, of a searchlight. Right? Once Coming you said and that, and down. I looked at it, I thought that very well could be. I mean, but you don't the clouds yeah. based on how the clouds where it can look like the spotlight's just coming down, and then, and then it turns and then it goes up very easily, very easily. Well, the good news about this, and the last thing I'll say about it is, fortunately, KXAS radio sta- uh, TV station. The managers have called in UFO investigators to review the footage. Yeah, I want to know who they called in. Yeah, so I'm really curious. We'll, UFO we'll know, investigators. Yeah, we'll know for sure. <laughs> yeah. But it, I think we had, there was another uh, UFO story, but not a UFO and not flying object, but... I think it's I think it's the same story. Unidentified personally. sunken object. object. There yes. you go, a USO. USO. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock the USO. I, I, I personally think that this is, these are related because you... Hear about this, and then and the Daily in Mail UK, Sweden, isn't it in Sweden? Yes, it, it is. In they, Sweden. they found uh, between well, between Sweden and Finland, Finland. three hundred feet down on the ocean floor, between Sweden and Finland, they found the Millennium Falcon. The Gulf yeah. of Bothnia. No, they found a fuzzy outline <laughs> that looks like they the, Millennium found the Millennium Falcon. Falcon. Now. Uh, I, these are supposed to be radar imagers, right? So they're not... Yeah, sonar. 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 The, the same kind of thing that they use to try to find Nessie in right. uh, the... So, so uh, they Lockness. found something, and the thing about sonar is I'm not certain that you can really tell, because of the shadows, whether it's sticking up, out, or sunken in, in. too. Um, you get this weird stuff, like, on the moon. You, um, you don't know whether, you know, if it's a crater or a mountain because of the weird... Weird because um, light reflections reflects differently way. than we expect it to. Right. And sonars, you know, sonar. different. Yeah, uh, sonar is sound. No, but. I know. When he was talking, he was talking about the moon and looking at a crater or a mountain. Oh, the light, okay. the shadows fall differently than we expect them. Okay. Because Same way with sound shadows. Right. Thank you. You're welcome. So, <laughs> <laughs> what was that? I don't know. Just keep, you know, there, keep going. Yes, go ahead. There, there's a couple things odd about this story that I, I, I found odd. One is that these guys are out treasure hunting, right? They're looking for a sunken ship. Yep. That had a case of champagne case on of it. Champagne, champagne. Mm. They didn't find that. They found this, which they think may be a, you know, the biggest find ever. And they're like, we're not going to go down and look at it. We, we can't yeah. really afford it. Well, they they, they probably no- only had funding for a week <laughs> and came back with this and said, eh, they couldn't this is d- kind take of funny. Send a Diver down. You know, feet. 
That's yeah, pretty deep. That is very difficult to this do. This was probably their preliminary mission to use sonar to kind of check out the area, do a broad survey to see if they could find where this sunken ship was. And they only had, you know, three days with the sonar because they had to return it to the pawn shop or something. And they came home with a fuzzy picture and they said, hey, honey, look at this. This is kind of funny. And then some reporter went with it. <laughs> the other th- you know, they said in the story that it was in the front page of the Swedish newspapers. Really? See that? But when you look at the video, you see, did you watch the video? Yeah. It wasn't the front page. It was a, it was a rag. It was a... Uh, a, a pulp? Yeah, what do you fiction? Um, it was a just. It wasn't a paper. It was like the the um, Weekly World News. Yes, a magazine stand uh, yeah. at the front. Yeah, Bat Boy. Bat Boy, indeed. Yeah. So, but it is an oval thing. It's got some crevice. You know. It's, you know. It's just the the article compares it to the Millennium Falcon, but I think it looks like the old style uh, Battlestar Battlestar Galactica Cylon Raiders that were kind of. Circular, but kind of you know. Uh, I think it looks like a, I think it looks like a giant trilobite. <laughs> That's true. Ooh. Hey Donna, what do you think it looks like? I'm I'm going with Gary here, Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Well, but okay, this I guess is we this is our fun with pareidolia. Mo- so hopefully moment. someone will you know spend a million bucks and go down there and take a look yeah, at the it'll rock. It'll be interesting I'm to sorry, see where it is. I'd like to. I would like to know what yeah. it is. Yeah. And look, it, it, it has intrigued me. I think it's uh, someone uh, escaping from something, and I don't know why they would build a 60-foot um, escape tunnel. Okay, enough well, UFO Well, also, stuff. Russian. Oh, good point. We have a, a passing we want to talk about a little bit, uh, mention. Um, his name was uh, David Servan Schreiber. He was French. He was 50. <laughs> if you haven't heard of him, and I hadn't, but uh, kind of intriguing fellow... When he was 31, he's a scientist. He's a neurologist and a, psych- a psychiatrist, and they were doing a some Psycho- kind of psychologist. Psychologist. They were doing some kind of study uh, using MRIs. Okay, and the test subject didn't show up, and he said, "Well, I'll do it." And he got an MRI. And they found out he had a brain tumor. And he had a brain tumor. And so that was his first discovery. He had brain cancer, and. He went through some treatment. It went away for a while. It came back five years later. He had chemo. Um, yeah, two away. surgeries, chemo, radiotherapy, the whole science-based medicine treatment. Right. But while he was doing that, he also started researching alternatives. And um, eventually, when he felt better, he attributed his recovery to alternative therapies and began promoting basically spending his life promoting um, cancer cures and even beyond cancer cures, uh, even to depression and anxiety and all kinds of health health issues. Um, he's, he wrote a couple of books. One is The Instinct to Heal, about how the body is designed to heal itself and you just need to you feed it right and give it, it the right... All good things happen. Yeah, um, the right... And, and, the first article I read, it sounded, well, this doesn't sound too bad. He's talking about good diet and exercise. A balanced and lifestyle, off, that kind uh, of stuff. But, cancer. But when you really start looking at his theories and what he was promoting, now he wrote a book called Healing Without Freud or Prozac <laughs> on mental health. And oh, he okay, had, mental health, I guess. 
<laughs> he sounds had, like the head of the Scientologists. He had seven <laughs> healing methods. Uh, I'm going to skip the first one because we're going to come back to seven that. is a magic number. Uh, EMDR, if oh, you haven't heard three. of that, this is eye movement um, disassociation and reprocessing. I'm sorry. I, I've heard of that only because there was a book in my mother's library about that. Uh, it's some kind of 70s woo where you you look this way and you look that way and you look this way and you look that way and you, you desensitize yourself to whatever bad things you're thinking about. It's pretty woo. And uh, the third one is the energy of light. The third is chi. The fourth is omega-3 fatty acids, which he pretty much popularized. Oh. Um, the benefits oh, of omega-3 fatty acids. Six is exercise. Seven is emotional communication. Let's go back to one. I'm one, sorry. <laughs> one is heart coherence. Heart coherence? Yes. Oh, I know where this is going. <laughs> What's this, the arithmetic on that yeah. one? We've talked about this before, and that is the heart math <sighs> method. I'm wondering when heart math is going to get upgraded to heart alpha. <laughs> Yeah, or, or, or just maths. Yeah, or do we do like the British say and have a plural, heart maths. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, beat me to it, yeah. Uh, you know. Heart math so, so. is Your are such a wild and crazy theory. Um, if you look at the Heart Math Institute, um, it's all universal mind, homeopathic, you know, water, we, memory we have, we have, we have type of stuff. We, we talked Numerous about it. occasions. Please go back and listen to our other podcast. In general, they have little devices that if you think happy thoughts, you'll you'll see that you have a very rhythmic, rhythmic rhythm to your heart. If you're not thinking happy thoughts, it gets chaotic. Oh. And that's it's, it's basically a mood ring for the 21st century. It measures how steady your heartbeat is. Okay? And you try to, supposedly, if, if, if you can keep it, get it steady and keep it steady, it gives you some emotional kind of, you know. I have a, I have a blood pressure monitor that does the exact same thing. And when my, my heart is arrhythmic, arrhythmatic, arrhythmic, arrhythmic. Um, it, it gives, me, gives me a little sign that says, I'm obviously thinking negative, unhappy thoughts. Okay. It so gives me a frowny face. There's a whole it's bunch of woo behind this. and it's now, now, interestingly enough, this guy dies... And yesterday, of cancer. Of cancer. cancer. And yes, yesterday, I think it was, um, good old Mike Adams from Natural News sent out, Cancer is curable! Click here to learn more about Cancer is Curable Now. So you, you click on this, and it's a full-length documentary saying how cancer is curable. And oh, they have only Shervin Schreiber had waited three more days. Three more days. Yeah, only $20. Um, you get a whole bunch of naturopaths and homeopaths, and any astrologers? Uh, no, no, no astrologers. One expert, one expert says in the film, someday people will look back and wonder what kind of Neanderthals we were practicing surgery, radiation, <laughs> and chemotherapy. Yeah. And he calls the uh, uh, modern approach medieval, which. I recall was in a Star Trek yeah. movie. Uh, <laughs> Star Trek Four Bones goes into the hospital and says, "You know, right because the cancer vessels. with a pill." That's right. Yeah. So common sense cannot be denied. Blah blah blah. Anyway, I thought it was ironic and excellent timing. But we have basically an alt medicine. I can cure your cancer by you know eating garlic and fish oil. And he died of. Cancer. Yeah, kind of like that liver sad. fluke lady who thought that all you know disease was caused by liver fluke. She didn't die of a liver fluke. No. 
So, but something else related to that. Anyway, so shall we? In the corner. Tonight on Post Corner, and I'm not going to give you a definition of Post Corner. If you want to know what <laughs> Post Corner is all about and you can't figure it out from what we're doing, Wikipedia. go back to listen to our previous episodes or go to Wikipedia. It's the source of all knowledge. In that time, you could have explained what Post Corner was, but okay. Shut up, Greg. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Tonight, instead of doing, um, you know, real versus... Well, I am doing real versus fake, Sorry. I'm doing real Democratic president versus fake Democratic president. Did President Bartlett say this on the West Wing, or did President Obama say this? Are you implying that Obama's a fundamentalist? (laughs) (laughs) Or that he's a Democrat? (laughs) Yes. That's the bigger question. (laughs) I'm implying that he might be a Democrat. So is this like, who's the better Democrat? The real president or the fake president? (laughs) Anyway. Yes, it's the... It's, it's uh, our, our little political humor. Ha, ha. Okay. Ha. Little disclaimer, I have all seven seasons of The West Wing on DVD, so I... Son of a... I might actually get a post-corner right for once, so... <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, number one. We remain a young nation, but in the words of the scripture, the time has come to set aside our childish things. The time has come to reaffirm, reaffirm our enduring spirit. Bartlett or Obama? Bartlett. 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 Wrong! It was in President Obama's inauguration speech. Still haven't gotten anything right. Son of a bitch. (laughs) Yeah. Number two. There will be setbacks and false starts. There are many who won't agree with every decision or policy I make as president, and we know the government can't solve every problem. Bartlett. Obama. (laughs) President Obama, election-winning speech. How many many, many are we doing? There's ten, and there's five and five, so... I can make 50% if I just keep going with Bartlett. High five, Dave. We got that right. <laughs> Number three. Here is evil in the world, and there will always there will always be, and we can't do anything about it, but there's enough violence in our schools, too much mayhem in our culture, and we can do something about that. Bartlett. 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 <laughs> Episode College Kids, Season 4. More than any time in recent history, America's destiny is not of our own choosing. We did not seek, nor did we provoke an assault on our freedom or our way of life. We did not expect, nor did we invite this confrontation of evil. Obama. Bartlett. Bartlett. Okay, I'm 50%. (laughs) As a nuclear power, as the only nuclear power to have ever used a nuclear weapon, the United States has a moral responsibility to act. Obama. Bartlett. Bartlett. Oh, yeah, Bartlett. President Obama, Prague <laughs> speech, May 5th, 2009. Okay. I mean, that's true. Damn. There are times when we are 50 states, and there are times when we are one country and have national needs. Bartlett. Bartlett. I don't remember his <laughs> I'm going to say Obama. President Bartlett, ah, episode yay. called Game On, season four. So we have four left? Yep. Mm-hmm. But what we can do, as flawed as we are, is still see God in other people and do our best to help them find their own grace. That is what I strive to do. That is what I pray to do every day. Obama. Obama. I don't know. I'm going to go with the team. Obama. President Obama, in response to a question <laughs> on in September 2010 at a New Mexico press 
rally thingy. Shoot, I forget how many people I voted for. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just go with your gut. We're for freedom of speech everywhere. We're for freedom of to worship everywhere. We're for the freedom to learn for everybody. Because in our time, you can build a bomb in your country and bring it to my country. And what goes on in your country is very much my business. Bartlett. Yeah, it's a Bartlett. Bartlett. President Bartlett, privateers. Yay! Oh, there's two left. In all the talk about democracy, we forget it's not a democracy. It's a republic. People don't make decisions they choose the people who make the decisions. Oh, I go with. I'm Barlet. gonna go with Obama. Um, <clears throat> um, um. Okay, Obama. President Bartlett, episode slam <gasps> duck Congress. <laughs> Congratulations, Gary. Terrorism has long been a tactic, but modern technology allows for a few small men with outsized rage to murder innocents on a horrific scale. In today's wars, many more civilians are killed than soldiers. The seeds of future conflicts are sown. Enemies are wrecked. And civil uh, civil societies are torn. Obama. 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 Obama Nobel Prize winning acceptance speech, Yay, December 2009. 60%. I, I got... Um, I did better wrong. than chance. I got seven right as well. well. Seventy. I passed. Yay. We're C students. I got six right. <laughs> and we'll grade David on a curve. We're all C students. <laughs> let's let's move on. Good post corner, yes, Donna. Good. Congratulations. The last segment of the day. The lightning round. The lightning Yay. round. The lightning round. Lightning round. Let's all play the. What? Okay, let's move the, on. The, what? I made a perfectly good theme, and you guys want to chew Wrigley's gum or something. <laughs> We're writing a jingle. We're improvising. That's yeah. the whole point of the lightning round. To and that, that's the same thing that you've improvised for the last four shows. Even the ones that you weren't on. <laughs> okay. okay. Lightning round. Lightning round. Lightning round. Donna! Yes? What did you have to say about Neanderthals and, and modern humans? Well, according to uh, Dr. Paul Millars, who is a professor, emeritus professor of prehistory out of Cambridge, he suspects that the decline of the Neanderthal population is due to influx of anatomically modern human, basically seeing where... Modern human have left sites, overlying Neanderthal sites, pushed them into more inhospitable areas. Very sound research from my point, um, namely because Neanderthals needed such a large food consumption when they get pushed into these outer ranges. You know, it would. This is a very likely possibility, although we will never actually know what caused the destruction of Neanderthal culture and community. What do you think how do you think this affects what we talked about last week with the interbreeding between Homo sapiens and Neanderthals? It, you know, it skirts it, you know, there's because you're seeing uh, evidence of you know some contact. of some contact. So I mean yes you can see where it might happen, but I mean more importantly they you know, lived together for a very long time. Could be a hundred thousand years. And Neanderthals like were the minority one out of ten, right? Right. What's this influx so they were just the minority. They kind of kind of got pushed. To not, well, the not other as good thing is, is that because lands. are we keep going? Okay, 
The other thing is, is because Neanderthals were so much larger, had a larger brain case, all of this is, they needed three to 5,000 calories a day. And we didn't. Yes. Not as much. Yeah, because oh. our brain case is much smaller. Wow. One question before we continue, Gary. Huh? Mulligan or no mulligan this week? I, I think we have mulligan. Okay. We have mulligan. Per, per person, or does someone get to hog it from the rest of us? Ooh. Uh, yeah, what, what per person? If, yeah. So that was my mulligan? Uh, no, mulligan? no, you, you ended uh, with one, within one second. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. okay. We're talking, mulligan's an extra 30 seconds. Oh, okay. okay. So okay. if you want to talk a little bit more, just say mulligan and continue. Except Donna. She doesn't get a mulligan. Because <laughs> she's just that good. But you only get one. <laughs> wow, look at that. Look at, look you at that. You didn't give me one last week. That's why. Because we didn't clarify in the beginning. So... To be fair, oh, we're that's such, why I wanted to clarify. We're clear. such pouty little bitches. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Just, because uh, this is the first time I've heard of the Mulligan rule. <gasps> Second that. Um, she didn't listen to that podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, well, no, we talked about it last Who week. Who would? Shut up. Okay, well, we're moving on. <laughs> d- 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 David. Oh, what? Bats. Bats and plants and evolution. Oh, my. <laughs> this is from the LA Times. The article is called... Plants draw bats by harnessing sound. This is very cool. We know how plants kind of decorate themselves so they can attract birds for pollination and stuff. We didn't know that sights and smell. Yeah, but since of course bats can't see that stuff, it's dark, and they use echolocation. Now we have found that a plant can give itself a certain shape so it allows that bat to find it using echolocation better. And they found this. They found this uh, particular leaf in Cuban rainforest off a vine, it gives an echo signature that helps the bat find it. So that's very cool. They did some experiments with it. They put some bats in a, you know, enclosed environment and, and, and tested and they could find this plant about in half the time that they normally would. And it's got some fruits. If they didn't have nice any fruits echo for the bats. Is that, is that for pollination right. or uh, they just hang out together, you know? Well, it's, it's the, I think they give the, you know, the bats some f- nice juicy fruits and the bat can pollinate. Right. Pollinate bats are um, pollinators. As, not as much as, say, bees and other insects, but they are a pollinating yeah. um, thing. It makes sense when you think about it, yeah. you know, because you do that for birds, and, and why not for bats, right? It's just a, a great example of co-evolution of two species, like pitcher plants and stuff like that, where, you know, a, a leaf was shaped in order to actually, you know, bring both species up together and so they could both survive easier. Very cool. Sweet. Bing! All right. Well, Greg. Yes. You seem to be warmed up. So tell us about la, 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 la. the Blood Lake in OC Fisher Reservoir, Reservoir in San Angelo State Park here in sunny and hot as all heck Texas. Um, one of the reservoir has been drying up, which has left a lot of uh, dead fish lumped up on the lake. And a lot of um, a lot of allergy, algae kind of feeding off those those dead bodies and just kind of over producing. And it's the the kind of algae that's red. So you know some people have kind of jokingly said this, but apparently Indiana preacher Paul Begley seriously believes that this is all about the end times. That this is a biblical plague to go Rivers with run blood. Yeah, yeah. So he's quoting Revelations. 
and talking about the second angel poured out his bowl into the sea, and it became uh, as blood as the uh, uh, as the blood of the dead man, and every living soul died in the sea. The third angel poured out his bowl upon the rivers and the fountains of the water, and they became blood. Well, this isn't a fountain. It isn't a river. It's it's not a sea. It's a reservoir. It's a small lake. And, you know, of course this guy's going to say whatever they see is an apocalypse because they want to see an apocalypse. I don't get it. I like this world. I want to keep living in it. But these other people want the world to end. I and what I it does like with it. the red tides. Yeah. So, anybody else got anything to chime in there? But yeah, five seconds. Three, two. There's a great quote, but I don't have it in front of me, so. Uh, All right. Yeah. I'll save my mulligan for later. All right. And I will tell you about lingerie <coughs> shops in Saudi Arabia. Yes, yeah, they're having some problems. This really isn't too much of a skeptical topic, but um, they're having problems because men run the lingerie shops, and there's been a law saying that they want the women to start uh, selling in lingerie shops. Now, there's a problem there. Um, first of all, women are not allowed to drive, so they say, have to they get, there? get to the shops. But what the the male owners and uh, purveyors of the laundry are saying is that we have a big problem because women have never sold laundry before, so we're going to have to train them. Yeah, they're not really into retail at all. Yeah, yeah and it, I don't understand. It's like you have to train somebody, so what's the difference between training a man versus a woman? But apparently there's some um, genetic knowledge that gets passed, like the you know the hundred monkeys thing we talked about last week, where you know a hundred guys do it, suddenly every guy knows how to sell lingerie. That so, was sarcasm. Folks. Oh yes, that, that was absolutely. So they're they're having to spend a whole bunch of money and time to switch over from a male-dominated lingerie model to a female-dominated lingerie model. There's also part of the law saying that they have to cover up their windows so nobody can see into the shop. They right, have to so hire a male security guard so men don't come into the shop yeah, right. because men and women cannot be together in public. Right, unless they're and related. The, the interesting thing about this is that it is a you know a decree from the government saying, we you have to do this. Are you That's interesting. Because no. women complained. Okay, we're gonna they were embarrassed buying lingerie from This is men. my mulligan. We'll continue. Yes, they were. And how embarrassing would that be to actually go, you know, you were trying on any intimate and then having somebody of the opposite set going, yeah, I think they'll like that. Yeah. Well, in a society where women and men do not mix, can you imagine, though, the women yeah. going But the conservative yeah. government actually said, right. you have do to it. do this, which is amazing. That could have been a longer topic. By another minute. Yeah, because I... Yeah. We can keep... Let's <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> Save it for the blog. All right. Um, Donna. Yes. What do you know about Missouri school book banishments? Well, recently, a business professor at Missouri State University, Wesley Scroggins, championed to remove... Uh, Slaughterhouse-Five. Slaughterhouse Number 5 and the 20 Boys Summer... By Sarah Ockler. By Sarah Ockler, stating that it's an unacceptable reading material considering that most of the school uh, board members and administrators claim to be Christian. How can Christian men and women expose children to such immorality? Oh, no. Oh, no. This Slaughterhouse Number 5 alone has been frequently on the American Library Association's 
list of most banned books. It's usually in the top ten due to violent content, uh, colorful language. But on the other side, it's one of Time Magazine's top 100 greatest novels of the 20th century. So, Donna, what gets you upset about this? That somebody's telling me that it's, you know, Christianity is the barometer by which my kids get based on what they have to read in school. Yeah, there's another quote in there where they say it's against Christian. These books are against Christian values, and that's why they wanted to uh, ban it. But other quote saying it's just a lot of nudity and promotes uh, promiscuous sex. I've read which, both books. I don't find them offensive at all. Okay. That's it. All right. I said it. Okay. Ah. Gary lost his dinger. Did not. I just misplaced it. <clears throat> It's in a different location than I was expecting. Saul? you got to shift it a little to the left and you'll be fine. Uh, David. Yes, sir? Um, United States Air Force and ethics yeah. and training. This is the story of the night, I think. Um, and this has a local local flair to it because some of this is a Randolph Air Force base. It's just right up the street from my house. But I want to tell you, listen to the... Um, the headline here, this is from the Center for Inquiry. Center for Inquiry condemns the use of religious materials for instruction in nuclear war ethics. What they're talking about here is a mandatory ethics training that the people with their fingers on the nuclear button have to go through that teaches them about biblical ethics of war. It is taught by Air Force chaplains. It has a PowerPoint presentation on St. Augustine's Christian just war theory as well as numerous examples of characters from the New and Old Testament um, war fighting in a, quote, righteous way. And also talks about the book of Revelations and claims that Jesus Christ, as the mighty warrior, believed that some wars to be just. Now, CFI... Some wars are just. Yeah. And the Military Religious Freedom Foundation. We do not have nuclear... Yeah. Going through an ethics class by Air Force chaplains on biblical ethics, saying, yes... You can you can send off these nuclear bombs because Jesus said it was okay. Now CFI did complain and they have pulled that material, but that material's been out for twenty years already. Well, the problem is that they were also talking about not just pulling the material, but the class as a whole, because they think, well, this one little material is the whole class, and we can't have the class without the chaplains. I don't know. He said it's gonna. They're gonna look at it to make sure it reflects views of modern society. Okay. Mulligan, go. Any more? No. All right. Yeah, actually went 10 seconds over, but that's okay. That's okay. Uh, Greg. Yes? Crop circles and physicists. Yes, um, out in the University of Oregon, Physics uh, Materials Science Institute at the uh, University of Oregon, Richard Taylor, um, is going to begin investigating crop circles. Now, when I first read these articles... I was a little worried that maybe some hard scientist or someone who was kind of quasi-hard scientist was going to get into the woo. But most of what this guy is talking about is going beyond the wooden stake and plank kind of crop circles and say, Sorry. Uh, what other ways could possibly crop circles be physically made by crop circle artists? So what are the things might people be using because they're not because the guys in England who are making crop circles by Stonehenge aren't telling us. 
So he talks about you know, maybe magnetrons or heating up the stalks or stuff like that to use physics concepts to... Microwaves. Microwaves, thank, uh, that as well, to just talk about what could be the real-world explanations of how crop circles can be caused. And the interesting thing I thought is there are several different articles about this topic. Uh, one was on physorg.com and the other one was on ibtimes.com. And they both used a lot of the same quotes, a lot of the same text, probably a press release by Richard Taylor. And they, they, one was woo-filled and the other one was talking about, it's an interesting thing to use hard science to explain crop circles. Uh-huh. Very nice. And last, I'll shut it down by um, talking about creationism creep. In Ohio, Ohio, guys, pay attention here. Um, Springboro school board members are one vote short of having the support on a five-member board to push for creationism in classrooms there. Uh, this has been taken care of already in Dover in Kitts Miller versus Kits. Dover. Come on, people. It is the ultimate skeptical whack-a-mole. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, and some of these things that the people are saying are just, it's a, its uh, amazing to me that they just don't. Uh, Kelly Cole, she's uh, the directs the curriculum. Um, she's looking into ways of providing, quote, supplemental, end quote, instruction dealing with creationism. What kind of supplements can you possibly have? God did it. That's it. Uh, there's really not much to, to teach there. Maybe they're there. in touch with international databases. And the, and <laughs> <laughs> that could well be. And the interesting thing is they're trying to tie this as more of a historical thing. Creationism is a significant part of the history of this country, Cole what? said. It is an absolute, <laughs> absolutely valid theory That's a to admit... Quote. To omit, it means we are omitting part of the history of this country. So we teach it because we, we do, used we some people used to believe it in our teach, country. I just want to know when, when okay. our Texas representatives moved to Springboro. That's okay. I just want to be equal opportunity. That's, all. <laughs> That's just crazy. But yeah, it's it's going to cost them a lot of money in lawsuits, and it's stupid to start over on this. Yeah. Well, that ends the lightning round. Very good all. And that ends Yay. the show. That ends the show. It's Thanks. been fun. Well, does, is there anything anybody else wants to chat about? I know there's a Mark Edward performance up in Austin. John, John Edward. Edward. Mark Edward? John, John Edward. Edward. Yeah. The psychic guy who talks to the dead people. Um, and charges $200 a ticket. Yeah, yeah. so you, you Austin people. Yes, he's a medium. So you people up <laughs> oh, in Austin. Actually, he looks like a large, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Get to it. Go go hand out psychic bingo cards or something. That's right. And Thank you, Granite State Skeptics. Yep. <laughs> All right. I'm going to say cheers from my side. From my microphone. My All microphone right. says, well, chance. don't Good whiz night. on the electric fence, people. Au revoir. Bye-bye. The Skeptic Wire podcast theme music is by Oscar Lawn with guest mandolin by Greg Perrine. If you've enjoyed listening to The Skeptic Wire, leave a review on iTunes or leave us a voice message via the Podposted app for iPhone. Friend us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at The Skeptic Wire. Follow our blog at skepticwire.blogspot.com or send us an email, skepticwire at gmail.com. You've been listening to The Skeptic Wire.
And they, they, they did... Uh, Come on. You they got it, Gary. Did, it's okay. What did they do? They did something or other. They addressed that. <laughs> you want to start over? Yeah. Let's yeah. go back another half hour and start over so you can get that right, Gary. So, on the podcast, the FFRF addressed the fact that that was a, wasn't their... Damn it. <laughs> I won't look at you. I'll just cover my face. You go ahead and What talk. were we talking about? We were talking about the how much he paid in official capacity right. from his the office. The official capacity. They're you can make that the point same. on the podcast. This is the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I thought we're we still were stopping to discuss no. things. Oh. Yeah, let's stop and discuss. Oh, we're stopping to discuss. <laughs> That's a good mark.